Welcome into the Michael Wall Show. I'll tell you, it's been a crazy year, I think, for all of us in many ways. And I want to kind of wrap the end of this year up with a special Christmas episode sharing, I think, some truths that I know matter. And as you pay attention and listen to them, the show's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to, if you're listening via podcast, I'm going to be reading some some things, some scripture, actually. And uh, if you're watching on video, obviously, you watch me do that a little bit. But I, I believe what's coming, what I'm getting ready to share, is something that if you really hang tight and listen in, it will change your life. It's changed mine. We're going to talk about it today on The Michael Wall Show. So Christmas time, right? Happy Hanukkah, Christmas, holiday seasons, all this stuff. We start to see the signs and and everybody's thinking about shopping and presents. And now it's a little bit different because we're waiting on the Amazon truck to come, right? Or (laughs) whatever it may be. Um, But we've really had a very interesting 2021 and 2020 for that matter as well. And it's almost like we've been you know, a little bit in the, in the twilight zone. It's almost like we've, we've been in a place where it's like, is this really America? What is actually happening and what is actually going on? And so I think it's called all of us to kind of really ask the question in our lives, what are we really doing and why are we doing what we're doing? If you haven't asked that question, I really hope that you slow down this holiday season and do ask that question. What are you doing in life and what is this life really all about? Why are you on this planet? Why do you survive? Why do you live? Let's let's get off the noise of all of the divisive things that we can think about from vaccines to politics to, you know, all of the other things that the media has been trying to just throw down our throats for the last year and a half. Let's 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 back away from all of that noise. And I want to challenge you and really invite you in these next few moments to join me in the process of slowing down your life slowing down your mind, and just being open to receive some truths that I believe are some of the most important truths ever shared. I'm going to share some things about the Christmas season and the Christmas story. You know, many of us, when we think about Christmas, if we are, uh, if we grew up in church, whatever it may be, what comes to mind is, you know, Christ's birth and all that entails around that. Some of us, if we haven't had that experience, it might be Santa Claus and presents and gifts. But if you really think about it, Christmas itself, the first part of the word is Christ. And that is intentional, right? Because this is about a season that is celebrating who Christ was. Who was this man that came to earth and and then uh, was born and then one day died? Was he really God's son? And I think that's the question that many have had over the years. And so... What I want to do is I want to take a few moments and just read some scripture that is really truth and allow that for you to sink into your minds as we read it. Because I think that when we really do slow down, and you've heard me say this a couple times now, I'm saying it because I believe that sometimes when you say one thing once, you hear it. Twice, maybe it lands a little deeper in the brain. Three times you start to say, let me think about that. Let Let me actually implement that. And that's what I want to challenge you to do here. So our story starts in in the book of Luke. Uh, By the way, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, right? You maybe heard that song or learned it when you were younger. You may not know, but it is the uh, most selling book, uh, most sold book, I guess I should say, ever. There's never been a book sold more than the Bible. If you use your phone and you download the Bible app, right? 
Believe it or not, there's over 500 million downloads. There's been over 500 million downloads of that app around the globe. So this idea of who God is, um, is, is a question that are on many, many hearts and minds as it should be. Because I, I remember what Zig said one time. He said, there's three things I know with certainty. Number one, there is a God. Number two, it ain't me. <laughs> and number three, it ain't you either. So at the end of the day, when we think about it, this idea of what does happen to us when we die is really important, really important. So I want to take a few moments, and I want to thank you again for joining me in this process. Uh, But we're going to start here in Luke chapter 1, talking about the coming prophecy. Luke chapter 1, so if you have a Bible, coming prophecy. Luke chapter 1, so if you have a Bible and you want to turn along with me, or maybe you're sitting at home with your family and listening to this, if you're listening in a car, I encourage you to either go to our, our YouTube channel, uh, there'll be uh, Michael D. Wall, actually you'll be able to find us, <clears throat> but uh, or listen via podcast, and listen with your family and, and get your Bible out and really engage in this process. Uh, I'm, I'm using the New Living Translation version here of the Bible. And in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 67, it talks about Zechariah's prophecy, which was in the Old Testament. So they're kind of repeating uh, a prophecy that was in the Old Testament, and they're bringing it to the New Testament here. Starting in verse 67, it says, Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Verse 68, now here's the prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by redeeming his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit down in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit and lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Now, what's interesting, we were in a situation where um, we see what's happening here, and actually this prophecy is talking about John, right? And, And how maybe John the Baptist, if you've heard of John the Baptist, he was telling the story of who Jesus would be. He was telling the story of God with us, Emmanuel. Did you know that Emmanuel actually means that, God with us? It means that God is with you. He's with me. He's, he's, he's interested in engaging into our lives. And, you know, a lot of times we think of um, uh, the fact that well, God is kind of out there. He's not really connected or, or dialed into my life. You know, maybe as you're listening to this, if you're listening via podcast, you might be driving in your car and, and you're looking at the noise of the day and the traffic of the day and the lights of the day. And maybe you're running on the treadmill or you're walking outside and you're walking in a city and you see the, 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 the skyscrapers towering in front of you. Or you maybe you're in the wilderness and you're just enjoying peace. Or maybe you're sitting at home watching this on TV or on your phone. I don't know. 
But we can get so consumed with the busyness of this world that we forget that the fact that um, the whole purpose of why Jesus came was to guide us to the path of peace, which is telling us the end of verse 79 in in Luke 1. Now, if we go to Luke chapter 2, this kind of gets us into a little bit of the birth of Jesus, right? Which is what Christmas is really all about. It says, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, At the time the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Obviously, a census is the idea of how many people live here, how many people uh, are, are in this particular area. They want to find out how many people are there. This was the first census taken, um, and all to their, excuse me, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. So, in other words, everybody had to go back to their town to register. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant. Now, what's interesting, uh, a couple uh, weeks back, my family and I, we actually went, we took a little trip, and we, took, uh, we did horse riding up in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And it was a beautiful time, Blue Ridge Mountains. And we rode these horses, and we're literally, you know, on the horses and walking through the water and uh, climbing up the mountains and that kind of thing. And we're just going like, you know, it's just slow trot, just a walk. And I was just, it came to mind, and I was just talking to the kids, and I would say, guys, can you imagine? Now, obviously, we were riding horses, <laughs> right? Uh, from our understanding, uh, Mary was riding a donkey. But can you imagine this woman that is literally with child, she's pregnant, on a donkey, traveling a long way with a baby, right? I mean, we complain when we're driving down the road and we, we run over some big potholes. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, what? They need, we got to fix the shocks or they got to fix these roads or whatever. And here's this woman literally in a place where she's riding on a donkey with a baby. Uh, you know, in, in tow, it's, it's crazy when you think about that. And it just made me think about that when we were riding horses. But here we are. Uh, <clears throat> so back to verse five, he took his wife with him Mary, his fiance, I'm sorry, not his wife yet, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, I think what's interesting when we take a look at this is here is God's son coming to earth as a baby And literally in a destitute, poor place. There's no lodging. They weren't staying at the Ritz. They didn't have a, uh, you know, a suite at the Four Seasons. This was out in the barn, out in the wilderness, out in the middle of nowhere. And they had literally nothing. And that's where his birth took place. And I believe what we're going to read next with the shepherds and angels, you know, shepherds, oftentimes were considered the lowest of the low. They were kind of almost subhuman, right? I mean, you're out in the fields, you're doing your thing, you're living with animals all day long. You're kind of subhuman in some degree. Is At least that's how people of the culture felt that day. And you know, what's really interesting is, is they were some of the first people to see the Son of God. I think that's pretty cool. Now, what's interesting is, you know, here's these guys. Would they have been as comfortable if Jesus would have been shacked up with Joseph and Mary at the Four Seasons or the Ritz. 
They may have felt uncomfortable walking in and being in, and I think they they may have, right? But obviously that wasn't available then. But the point is, uh, Jesus was saying, I am here as a Savior for everyone. It doesn't matter if you have a 250-foot yacht. It doesn't matter if you live in a $100 million house. It doesn't matter if you make X amount per year. It doesn't matter if you're the world's most famous. It doesn't matter if you have the most followers on Instagram. It doesn't matter if you got the most likes on your Facebook post. What matters is the fact that he died, came to die, came to live and then die for everyone. And I believe that's what he was representing here as God said, you know what, we're going to come in. You know, the Bible says in other places that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. You know, the world thinks they're so smart and creating and doing and whatever and all this stuff, and yet they can't even perfect an artificial rose. Think about that. There's so much thing, there's so many things they can't perfect that just naturally happens. Who tells the birds to fly south whenever it's winter up north? How does that happen? Have you ever watched the journey of penguins and how they leave in different areas and they'll just travel for miles and miles and miles to find food and do things because it's kind of like migration a little bit? I mean, it's unbelievable. Who told these animals how to do that? How did this happen? Was it just random chance? Is it random chance that you're sitting here and listening to this and that you're on this planet? Is that just random chance? I don't think it is. You see, the world wants you to believe it is because the world, the prince, in, the prince of this world, Satan, he wants you to be subservient to him, which means do anything necessary to keep you from the truth of God. You may not know the history, but, you know, Satan was actually in heaven with God and he had some authority. But he actually wanted to become God. He wanted to usurp the power of God the Father, and so God kicked him out of heaven. And so now he is... He is uh, basically conditioned to and has a, we'll call it the death sentence of hell forever. And so his desire is to rob, kill, steal, and destroy, the Bible tells us, and to take as many people with him as possible. When I talk about rob, kill, steal, and destroy, does that sound like anything we've experienced over the last year or year and a half? You know, the Bible talks a lot about the fact that by their fruits, you will know them. Think about it. You wouldn't walk into an orchard full of apple trees that have been growing and that are now ripe and you have the fruit that's there. You wouldn't walk into that orchard and expect to see hanging on the tree a watermelon. (laughs) That would be weird. You'd be like, what is this? A watermelon hanging off an apple tree? That's crazy. And You know, the farmer says, well, I don't know what happened. I mean, it was an apple tree. We planted it as an apple tree, and now we got watermelons. Crazy, right? I mean, that's not going to happen. So how do you know it's an apple tree? Because of the fruit. So by your fruit, you will know them. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect? No. None of us are. But when you see things like people robbing, killing, stealing, and destroying, that is not of God. That is not of God. A lot of people say, well, why would God allow that to happen? Here's the good news about God. He's given us free choice. He's given given us the choice to choose to do right 
or to choose to do wrong. Have you ever been in a situation where you've known someone relationally and you've just wanted that person to love you and care about you? He said, I would do anything to cause them to be in a place where they would have and, and cast their affection towards me. Well, let's just say that that was possible. Let's say you had the ability to actually make them care about you and love you. Whether they wanted to or not, you had the ability to override their independent desire, to override their ability to have self-will, right, and do what they want, and make them love you. Now, let's say you knew that you had overridden that, and you were literally in a process where you were making them love you, and you knew that, and they didn't. How would that make you feel? Now, maybe initially you might be like, oh, this is great. I'm so glad I love them so much, whatever. But as time moves along, you're going to feel like it's counterfeit because you know it's not genuine. You know it wasn't initiated by them. It wasn't something that they really desired. It was just manufactured because you created it. And that's kind of in a, in a lot of ways how God is with us. He wants us to uh, love him. He's got plans for our life, for your life, for my life. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that. You are the only one with your fingerprint. You are one of one. And God's desire is for all of us, the Bible says, to come really to truth. I'm paraphrasing. But he doesn't want to force it on you. He's not going to force himself on you. He's going to allow you to come. And if you choose to do evil and do wrong and follow the world, that's your choice. But you're following the father of the world, which is Satan. So let's go back to our story. We see that Mary now has a baby. And, and uh, again, Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And because there was no lodging, obviously they were in, in the, um, out in the kind of the, you know, they weren't in the Ritz. Let me say it that way. They were in a manger in the middle of a farm, I guess, if you would call it. I wasn't there exactly, so I don't know. But I know it wasn't exciting. And verse cha- in, in chapter 2, verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, if you don't know this, God is holy, and that's one of the reasons that he must have purity. You might say, oh, you know, I think think God's a good God, and he's going to, you know, you know, just kind of let me off, and I think that'll be okay. Well, if you think about it this way, you know, God is God is technically the judge, but he's also uh, our provider and protector at the same time. You know, a lot of us have heard the Ten Commandments. And I heard this said once before, and I want to share this because I think this is so important uh, for us to think about it this way. A lot of people know that there are Ten Commandments, but they don't know all of them. So if I asked you and I said, okay, have you heard of some? You could probably say, yeah, I've heard of some, like thou shalt not lie check or thou shalt not steal check or thou shalt not commit adultery check okay so let's just start with this thou shalt not lie so remember we're all imperfect but let's just say these 10 were kind of like the test where God says okay you you want to live a perfect life you want to do it right here's the 10 you keep these you're good to go and we're like yep we got it no problem we can do this we don't need you we can do this okay great so thou shalt not lie. Question is, how many of you have ever told a lie? 
I mean, even if it was small, maybe when you were younger and you're like, Mom, I ate all of my, my, my broccoli. Meanwhile, you stuffed it in a napkin and put it in the trash can and your mom didn't know about it. That's a lie. How many of us have ever stolen something, even if it's small? Taking something from your sister or brother. <laughs> oh, they won't know. Don't tell them. Shh. You know, they're not going to know about this. Stealing. So if you tell a lie, what does that make you? Makes you a liar. If you steal something, what does that make you? It makes you a thief. Part of the Ten Commandments says, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, Jesus took it one step further in the New Testament. He said, I say to you that if you actually look on a, upon a woman with lust, you have committed adultery with her in your heart. Whoa. Uh, check, right? <clears throat> so at the end of the day, I know you might be like, my God, this is a little bit like and I, you're making me feel uncomfortable here. Well, good. I'm glad. I hope I am because... What I want to do is I want to share truth. I want to help you wake up in your life. Aren't you tired of just living a life that's just passive with no real direction? Don't you want to actually have and live everything that life has for you and all that God, the creator of everything, has for you? Don't you want that? I can't make you say yes to that, but I certainly want that in my life. And if we go back to those Ten Commandments and you say, okay, well, here's what we're going to be judged on that coming day and, and whether or not we go to heaven or hell is dependent upon how well we kept the Ten Commandments. And now all of a sudden, out of the three of ten that I just gave, probably 95 to 99 to 100% of us are guilty on at least one of them, for sure probably two of them, and potentially maybe three of them. And that's just three of the ten. How about when the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt have not have no any other gods before me. You say, well, I don't worship any other gods. Really? How much time do you spend on your phone? How much time do you spend on social media? How much time do you spend watching YouTube? How much time do you spend hanging with friends and going to games and doing all kinds of other things in comparison to how much time you spend thinking about the creator of the universe and the plan he has for you? Maybe you do have other gods before you. Maybe it's considered money. You know, they used to say, uh, a lot of people say, well, money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And so this is so important if we realize and understand that through those laws that God presented, it's impossible for us to keep them. And as a righteous judge, he can't just say, well, I'll let you off or not let you off. Think about if that happened in our court systems today. The, the facts were laid out. It was clear the, the, the murder was committed, and everybody knew what the facts were, and they were presented clearly, and the judge says, well, you know, I really like this guy. I'm just going to let him off. It's not going to work. Now, does that mean that our political and, and judge system and court system gets it wrong from time to time? Probably does, because we're people. We're human. We're flesh. We're blood. We're flawed. But God is perfect. So because he can't let us off, he is subjective to the law because he is holy and he cannot be around sin. He needed to present and create a sacrifice that was sufficient for you and I, a perfect sacrifice, which came to earth in the form of Jesus. That is why we celebrate Christmas. And the shepherds being in a situation where they are coming in after they're terrified, an angel reassures them in verse 
uh, 9 and it's uh, 10, it says, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be of great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snuggling in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Now I'm going to stop there. You continue. You can continue in Luke 2 on your own if you'd like. Uh, but I just I got to ask you the question. The reality of it is Jesus was born for a purpose, just like you were born for a purpose. His purpose was to come to this earth and to be a doctor for the sick, not medically, but spiritually, realizing that we will not live forever, realizing that we have a need of a cleansing of sin, realizing that we have an eternal purpose, and those two eternities will be spent in one of two places, either heaven or hell. And it all is specifically designed and directed based on the decisions that you make, and in particular, the decision that you make and what you do with God and Jesus himself. Whether you choose to accept Christ as your Savior and say, I am a sinner, and I believe that God's Son, Jesus, is God's Son, and I believe that he came to die for my sins. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. See, the world tries, tries to make everything so complicated. God didn't want to make it complicated. He wanted to make it simple. It's a free gift. But just like any gift that someone gives you, you have to receive it. You could take that gift and put it under your Christmas tree that somebody gave you and be like, wow, look at the wrapping on that. That's amazing. I've never seen the glitter like that before. This bow is unbelievable. How do they tie it like that? And it stays sitting under your Christmas tree. And you took the gift and it was amazing. And all of a sudden it's January and February and March and April. And the Christmas tree's taken down and the gift is still there. And you haven't opened it yet. And maybe they got you something that's going to help you improve your life in a massive way. And so here they are checking in around March or April and say, hey, did you, did you get that gift? Did you implement some of that stuff I gave you? I'm excited to see how, how it's encouraged you and, and helped you grow in your life. And you're like, yeah, you know, I, I did get the gift, uh, but I, you know, I've, I saw it there. I kind of passed by it every day. It's still in my living room. It's really cool. It looks amazing. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I know that it's there. Did you, did you open it, though? Did you open the gift? <laughs> because what was in there was tools that would actually help you grow maybe your wealth in a, an amazing way or, or your family or whatever it may be. Your friend's asking you this question. You're like, yeah, but no, I didn't open it yet. Oh. So you haven't experienced any of the benefits of the gift yet. Yeah, I guess not. And so a lot of us are in a place where maybe we've grown up in church or we've heard about this Jesus thing or, or we hear, sing Christmas carols or we hear things on TV or we, we hear things from other people and we've heard this story about who Jesus is to some degree or maybe this is your first time of knowing who Christ is other than a swear word, <laughs> right? That's okay. But at the end of the day, maybe you've passed along by this for years and the question is, have you really even opened the gift 
because it's free and it'll change your life. But you got to be disciplined and committed to doing some things that you haven't done in the past. You got to be open to understanding really who this God is that would send his son Jesus to die for you. That's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why, really, when you think about why are we on this planet, we are on this planet to share the good news of Christ with others. We all do it in different capacities. David, the guy that's looking behind this camera right now, is crazy talented with gifts and abilities. Madeline that helps put these shows together and other parts of our team that does some of these things as well, you know what, they're in a place where they got great gifts and abilities. And they use those gifts and abilities for us to do several things. Helping families with wealth, helping families with motivation, helping families find their purpose, creating subscription services online, all kinds of things, and even through this show. But they're using their gifts and abilities to encourage and connect with more and more people. 